From the studios Look of out, News Talk 1480 WHBC, it's Kenny and JT. <laughs> that is his gift to us hey. every time he calls a Cavaliers yeah. game on the radio on WHBC. Follows it like this. Look out, pal. I'm going to stiff you at the interview at Media Day. Oh, don't go there. What? Come on now. I saw him we later on. I saw him what? later. I snuck into yeah. the little reception they had for us afterwards, oh, and I okay. saw him there. Oh, Kenny, he's okay. talking to the dance team. He is right. Tim. He is like Vigo. <laughs> the good-looking one. Oh, Tim Alcorn, the radio voice of the Cavaliers, joining us right now. I didn't say that, Tim. That oh, was JT there. who threw you under the bus. Hi, Tim. Wow, you get your shot in right out of the shoot, man. <laughs> Well, Come you know what, now. Tim? So much for the best pick-and-roll combo. That's and right. Dance. It was either throw <laughs> you under the I bus. Gotta, now I got to call a flop. Timmy. I got to call a flop on you, Jake. <laughs> flop? I got news for you. It was either talk about that or your Buffalo Bills. Your choice. Oh, let's talk about media day and how I Oh, my. Yeah. It's, hey, when it's good, it's really good. When it's bad with the Bills, Timmy, it's really bad, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that was just a putrid performance over there on Sunday. And uh, we'll see if they bounce back. But, boy, two tough injuries, especially to Matt Milano. Losing him for the year, that hurt. Nice linebacker. Hey, Tim, before we get started, we're going to break down the Cavaliers and get caught up. Just your thoughts about Tito real quick, because we know you're a big baseball guy. We used to hang out with you when we would go to spring training with the Indians, now Guardians. Tito, what's it mean to you? Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, we could do a whole interview about Tito and just the respect that everybody has for him and and the love that we have for him. Uh, Just an incredible manager, number one. But uh, the way that he handled the clubhouse and the players and interacted with us and the media, uh, he is going to be an incredibly difficult act to follow. Mm. And certainly, as you said, the time that he spent with us out in Goodyear, uh, I mentioned one of the one of the best memories I have of Goodyear is at the end of every press conference when he would look around and say, all the phones are off, all the cameras are off, <laughs> and then he would just riff on <laughs> any topic, off the record, of course. None of it ever right. reached the airwaves of any of the stations that were out there, but and you would just have tears coming down yeah. your face with laughter on some of the topics that he would cover. Uh, he was just awesome. Just great. Yeah, no question about it. All right, Timmy, let's get to the Cavaliers because they are in action tonight. First preseason game of the year. Let's start with uh, Jared Allen. He's out tonight and for some time from what I've read online to me. What can you tell us about his injury and will he be ready for opening day possibly? Well, that's the question that needs to be answered Uh, we don't know that as of right now as far as opening night when we start things off for real in Brooklyn on the 25th Kenny but yeah he's got a bone bruise in his foot and as JB mentioned during one of his press conferences uh, it isn't something that just happened in one practice Uh, it's been an ongoing situation Uh, he is with the team here in Atlanta now he is not going to play and he's not going to play at all during the preseason but uh, he made the trip, so he's still around the guys. He's still around the practice facility, and uh, hopefully it won't be a long-term thing. But uh, at the outset, they said at least two weeks, uh, which was last week when they announced that, so at least two weeks. So he won't play in any of the preseason games, and then he'll be reevaluated at that point. Timmy, the preseason in the NBA, how does it differ from baseball and football? Do, do we get the starters for a quarter or whatever? I don't know. 
Yeah, that's a great question, JT. I think we will see the starters uh, for some period tonight. Now, uh, how many minutes that'll be, I'm sure it's not going to be a lot. But it differs from football, definitely, in the fact Mm -hmm. that uh, they want to get the starters some time and and get them a burn, as JB would say. Get them running up and down the floor a little bit, uh, especially when you have new guys like Mm -hmm. Bruce and Niang and even Tristan coming back and, uh, they want to give the young guys a look like Imani Bates. And so uh, you'll see guys integrated into the into the lineup and on the floor tonight. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's certainly not going to be a, a full-bore, all-out type of game. But uh, you want to see these guys in action. Tim Alcorn is our guest, radio voice of your Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, they start with their first preseason game tonight in Atlanta uh, Tim, what have you seen so far from what you're able to watch uh, at practice with some of the new guys that were brought in this offseason? Georgie Niang, Max Struess, uh, Imani Bates, the rookie in the second round, and others that they brought in. Yeah, that's a good question, Kenny. Uh, it, it is interesting to be able to watch these guys in practice sessions because uh, their personalities come out a little bit. and. Uh, George Niang, uh, we'll start there, is just a competitor. He's, he's talking out there. He plays with an edge. He kind of has a, a chip. But the reason he was brought in is to knock down shots. And he has shown, again, in practice, uh, he can do that. He gets beyond that arc, uh, and he fires away. And more often than not, they're going down. So a terrific addition there. Uh, Max Drews, the ultimate competitor. I mean, here's a guy that was undrafted battled through ACL surgery, and now he's earned his way to a big contract and uh, just works so hard. I think Cavs fans, they saw him in a Miami uniform, of course, but they're going to love watching him play on a night-in, night-out basis. I really like Ty Jerome. It's interesting. Uh, I was having a conversation with some folks earlier today about Jerome. I see a little deli in him. Uh, He plays with a chip. He's, He's got some grit to him, and I think uh, the, the backup point guard spot is in good hands with Ty Jerome. Again, he's got a lot of responsibility because uh, with Ricky being out uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, that backup point guard spot is one that's very important, and I, and I like Ty Jerome. And you mentioned Imani Bates, Ken. I'll tell you what, this kid is electric. Now he's raw. He's very raw. Uh, but, man, he's got the moves, and when he explodes to the basket, uh, it can be really an electric type of, of body movement and energy that he brings to the floor. So uh, these are guys that there's no doubt uh, they're going to contribute, at least Bruce and Niang and Jerome. I would think Bates is probably going to spend most of his time uh, down the street at the Wolfstein Center uh, with the charge. But uh, if he can stick, the Cavs may have gotten a steal at 49. Timmy, two ball-dominant guards in Darius and Donovan. And last year, we got set back because Darius Garland got his eye poked out, basically, in Toronto. And I think that really, uh, it, if anything else, it hindered the growth of this team. And I don't know if those two, I mean, at times they looked like they were really good together, but I think it really hindered a chance for them to grow early in the season, and we know how it ended, and everybody started talking about physicality. All of a sudden, J.B. Bickerstaff in the offseason says, we're going to run a different type of an offense, more attacking. What do you really expect from this offense? You added shooters. You've got a dynamic backcourt. Who gets the ball? Well, I I think it's going to be a more dynamic offense than the fact that there's going to be some wealth spread around. Uh, I think the sharpshooters and Struess and Niang open up the floor 
uh, for Garland and Donovan to drive to the basket and the attack mode that you referenced right. earlier. So uh, I think there's going to be a little more wealth to go around, and I think that's a good thing. And uh, I'll quibble a little bit with your two ball-dominant uh, guys in the backcourt. I think Darius, and I think we had this conversation last year, I don't think he's a ball-dominant guard. I think he's a point guard. And to the Cavs, they want him to shoot more. Uh, they feel as though he looks to distribute almost too often. So uh, the offense this year, I think, is going to be attack the basket. And then you've got the, the outlet pass to the wing where you've got guys now that can knock down shots. And that's a direct result of the Knicks series. Uh, the Knicks just collapsed the defense. They dared the Cavs to hit shots from outside, and the Cavs didn't do that. So you bring in guys like Niang and Struess that can hit that outside shot, and that's going to open space up on the floor for Donovan and DG to take it to the bucket. And now that defense has to make their choice. Do you, do you collapse and allow DG and Donovan to get that pass out to the wing, or do you head to the wing to defend that, and now DG and Donovan have their room to operate, either take it to the rim or then dish uh, to an Evan Mobley, let's say. Tim, I was going through the Internet today perusing a bunch of stuff for the show, and I saw NBA.com had its annual GM survey, right? Uh, No names. All the GMs are asked 50 questions, and I don't know if every GM answered them or they answered some of the questions and and all of that, right? So I'm looking at this, and it was interesting that a lot of the individual awards did not have Cavalier players uh, mentioned by the general managers, but... When it came to the Eastern Conference rankings by these general managers, right, and they do this before the season starts, their rankings were Boston 1, Milwaukee 2, and the Cavaliers 3. Are you surprised that the GMs are thinking of the Cavaliers that high, or do you think, no, that's about right based on what they did last year and what they've added to the team this year? No, it's interesting, Kenny. I was reading that exact same thing at NBA.com, and and I'm in full agreement. I, I think the Cavaliers, again, everybody stays healthy and all that. Uh, right. I think the Cavaliers should be slotted at three, maybe four in the Eastern Conference. I, I think Boston and Milwaukee, uh, rightly so, with Lillard going to Milwaukee. And, of course, uh, Drew Holiday now up in Boston and the addition of Porzingis. Uh, they're going to be one and two in most people's eyes. But you look at the Eastern Conference, and it's loaded. I mean, it is going to be a real tough battle in the East this season. But uh, you look at that Eastern Conference, there's no reason why the Cavaliers shouldn't be pegged at three or four. Uh, You look at the other teams, uh, the Knicks really stood pat per se. I mean, the only guy they really brought in was Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, Miami lost two starters, Bruce, of course, coming here. Uh, the other teams in the mix, Philadelphia, who the heck knows what's going on there with James Harden, plus a first-year head coach. So I see the Cavaliers being a three or a four. Again, everybody's staying healthy and all that. Uh, there's no reason why they can't be in that third or fourth spot in the Eastern Conference. We get too carried away talking about the conference, kind of like the way the Guardians did, and forget about the Central Division, because everybody talks about Boston, everybody talks about Milwaukee in the East, we don't know about Philadelphia, Cavaliers might be slotted at three there, but in the Central, Tim, the Bulls, Pacers, and Pistons, what, they had no offseason? Well, the Bulls also stayed pretty much the way they were. They didn't really make a big splash. Uh, watch out for Indiana. That, that's a team that's on the rise. Uh, they're a club similar to where the Cavs have been 
the last couple of years. I just think they're a year behind the Cavs. Okay. But, uh, again, I love the signing of Bruce Brown with Indiana. If you're a Pacer fan, uh, he's going to add some real muscle and some real tough mentality to that basketball team. Uh, Detroit's another team, very young, on the rise. If Cade Cunningham can come back uh, to where he was his rookie year, uh, he's a heck of a basketball player. So uh, the other teams in the Central, it's not as though they're being ignored, but uh, I think you look at that Central division, Milwaukee certainly would be the, the cream of the crop, and then the Cavaliers right behind them. He was hanging out with Sir Cece, Kenny, and oh, Moondog. He, yeah. he blew us off for? Oh, yeah. okay. Eating right. cookies. They had cookies. They, those cookies were fantastic, by the way. You know, I didn't get one. Well, that's because I, I ate them all. Talking to the dance team. <laughs> so I didn't get a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. our guest, play-by-play voice of your Cleveland Cavaliers. They're underway tonight uh, with Atlanta. And to me, preseason only four games. Correct? Two home, two away. That's correct. Yep, we'll uh, be home on Thursday night. Orlando comes in, and then uh, two more after that. As you gear up for this season with this team, one of the guys that did get some individual love on that NBA.com GM survey was the guy who I think the offense needs to be run through. I don't know if it'll happen, but I think if not run through, he needs to be a a bigger focal point of that, and it's Evan Mobley. He was mentioned as a a defensive presence and a possible breakout player uh, in the NBA this year. Uh, how do you think JB can get him more involved, or do you believe, like me, he needs to be more involved on the offense? Well, I think the plan is to get him more involved. Uh, he certainly has that capability. Keep in mind, he's only going into his third year, so his game is evolving. Uh, one thing about Evan, he's gotten physically bigger. You've asked uh, what I've recognized in practice. He's added about yeah. six to eight pounds, and it's muscle. Uh, so he's become bigger, and we talked earlier about that attack mode offense, and that's going to benefit Evan Mobley because if Donovan and DG can get to the bucket, uh, they're going to have Evan Mobley to deal to. So uh, I think he's going to have a another terrific season, guys. Uh, his game is on an upward trajectory. I think at some point, I don't know if it'll be this year, but at some point Evan Mobley certainly has the potential to be the best player on this Cavalier team. He's got a leap written all over him. So – I would certainly think he's going to be more involved in the offense this year. Absolutely. All right, so what was the most, since you blew us off at uh, Media Day, what was the most exciting thing you did this offseason because we didn't get to talk to you at Media Day about it, so you can tell us today. What did you do this uh, offseason that was fun? Well, I did go on a cruise, but as I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, we got sandwiched between two hurricanes. So we were we were dodging hurricanes. We had a hurricane in the Gulf, and we had a hurricane in the in the Atlantic. So we were just kind of riding in the middle. That it was interesting to watch it on radar where we were as compared to the two big storms that were off to our left and right, respectively. So uh, that was a good thing. It was fun, and, and obviously we avoided those storms. I don't mean to laugh. It's like if it weren't for bad luck, you had no luck at all. Hey, I thought. Hey, Timmy, that's better than I thought you were going to say I got COVID because everybody that I know that went on cruises ended up getting COVID this season. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Of course, I almost got blasted by not one but two hurricanes. But aside from that, it was great. It was fantastic. 
Hey, now you can uh, add to your resume um, uh, something if it, there's a job that opens up uh, at the Weather hey, Channel. Since Me- you were right yeah. in the middle of it. Meteorologist, Tim Alcorn. <laughs> yeah, I was giving reports to Betsy Kling throughout the group. <laughs> yeah, you would have done better than she did back in 2016, Game 7 of the World Series, Tim Alcorn. Oh, hey, Kenny. Yeah, wow. I know. That's another day, another story that we'll tell maybe on the air. If not, we'll discuss it over beers off the air. Hey, Tim, have a a great call tonight and all season long. We look forward to chatting with you throughout the Cavaliers year, which we hope this year will be a deep, deep run into the postseason uh, as well as a great regular season. I think those are the expectations. Guys, always good to chat with you and the folks down in the Canton area on WHBC. Where else would I rather be right here, right now? Attaboy.